Welcome, listeners, to www.ironradio.org, the website and podcast for all things strength sports and sports nutrition. With your hosts, Lonnie Lowry. Remember, Phil is like a gnarled old oak tree held together with scar tissue and bone spurs. Rob Fortney. And I'm telling you, the pain that I would suffer was beyond excruciating. And Phil Stevens. Do it, Rob. You'll kill all those nerves. Thanks for listening. Welcome, IronRadio.org listeners. This is Lonnie Lowry. I'm a nutrition and exercise physiology prof, and I'm a bodybuilder. Hey, folks. Rob Fortin Sporting here. I'm a former editor at Muscle Mike International, former competitive bodybuilder and powerlifter. And this is Phil Stevens. I'm a strength coach, uh, powerlifter, Highland Games athlete, and uh, now nude model. Yes. <laughs> if, if any of you don't know... What he's referring to? Where, where can they see that fine picture? Oh, oh it's, it's all, all, all over Facebook. Oh, it's all, all over the place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I wouldn't even have told him. Now, yeah. now they're going to be visually scarred. That their occipital lobe, their vision centers of their brain was going to be scarred like mine. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. Get that picture. Oh boy. Um, yeah, I had a bit of news. Um, a guy, Max. Uh, he's a longtime listener. Just wanted to um, drop me a line on Facebook and wanted to express his gratitude for the information that that we give out. Um, Send money. We're an invaluable, yeah, we're an invaluable resource to all strength athletes, and says thank you. He, he wondered if we give him and uh, some guys he trains with a shout out. They're all going to be competing in the APF Raw Powerlifting Meet in Willowbrook, Illinois. Um, himself, he, he's going to be going for a 200 pound PR total, and then one of his team members, 148 pound lifter, shooting for a 550 deadlift, and the other is a 275er. He's going for a 650 squat, 402 bench, and 650 deadlift. Um, yeah, so good luck, guys, and, and thanks for dropping us line. Yeah, yeah, awesome, man. Yeah, I, I love I love guys. Yeah, we should almost have a shout-out segment. You yeah. know, that's good stuff. Um, Absolutely. Well, before we get into our topic of the day, uh, I just wanted to share, this is uh, part of my sort of man-food winter here. And if, if listeners don't know, um, I'm going to have Fortress up here. Well, it's not up for him. It's probably straight across for him because he's in the Great White North as well. Minnesota, Toronto, what's the difference really? But So he's going to come on over probably, and we're going to have some kind of winter fest, Beard Fest 2012 or so. We've got to have a beard just to come, I think. But anyway, so as part of that theme, you know, I'm gaining weight. I'm, I'm actually trying some powerlifting, and, uh, and I'm just, you know, trying to come up with recipes that are very fast and hot, and, you know, just decent man food that I think anyone of our listeners, even if they're not, you know, inclined in a culinary way, can throw it together almost immediately. So here's sort of one of my, uh, we'll call it recipe of the week. Not that you're going to get one every week, people, but, uh, <laughs> I, I, we were talking about meat pies already and how easy you can make those. And I'm definitely bulking up on those. That's almost been a joke when people saw Fortress online, giant potato that is Fortress. Hey. But, <laughs> I thought it was but, looking pretty dashing, actually. You're huge, man. So <laughs> to continue the hugeness, uh, I, by the way, you guys, I've gained eight pounds since I've been power eating, but I'm starting yes. to get fat, and it's 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 hard for me. I admit, it's hard for me. So, yeah, but don't forget that what you think is fat is not. Well, I'll tell you, my weights are bigger, so there must be some muscle there somewhere. Well, that's what I'm saying. I mean, you know, if it, it's 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 like a, again, as long as there's a, a you know a, a reasonable level ratio of you know. Equality between those two things. Well, you know, that, right. You know what? I'm actually thinking, you know, 
70-30 or even 60-40 in favor of muscle, I'll probably take it right now. Yeah. You know? Yeah, man. So, Absolutely. Yeah, that's kind of my goal, my informal goal. I've never weighed 230 before, and I'm starting the slow climb. So. Right on. Okay. I'll keep you posted. Here's the man recipe. What I did was I went out, I, I got some Italian style wedding soup with like little sausage meatballs. So it's just a can of Italian style wedding soup. And then, you know, cause it's got a little fiber. It's got some beans and veg and, you know, but, and then I, I manned it up with a little bit of, uh, at Sam's Club or Costco or wherever you can get these, um, mozzarella and roasted garlic chicken sausages. And the beauty of them is they're pre-cooked. So, I literally just warmed up a pan and s- took a pair of scissors, snipped it into the pan, browned up uh, like you know three links of this uh, mozzarella and roasted garlic chicken sausage, um, and threw it in the can of soup. You know, it's a pulled tad can of soup. Uh, the sausages come out of the pan so hot. I- I'm not even sure you even have to nuke the soup when you're done. You just dump the sausages into this uh, Italian style wedding soup because it's good stuff. It's got you know seasoning and pasta and it's got a little. You know how sad and stingy they are with the little tidbits of meat. So just like yeah. with the meat pies, just add some more meat. And like I said, the soup is pre-made. The mozzarella and roasted garlic chicken sausage from the you know from uh, Sam's Club that's pre-cooked. You can literally eat be eating this within like five minutes. So there's a main recipe for you right there. You turn turn Italian wedding soup into you know Italian wedding stew, if you will, and. Uh, I could, I, I could probably give you the nutrition breakdown, but I'm telling you, there's there's probably 50 grams of protein. You know, by the time you throw in all that sausage, there's a probably like eight grams of fiber because there's a little bit of veg and stuff in there. So you know, keep it moving through. And uh, you know, like Fortress <laughs> says, you end, you end up spending half your day on the pot anyway when you're trying to gain weight like that. But hey, uh, you know what? When I was uh, doing bench today, before I got to my heaviest numbers, man, I was on the throne in the gym three times. I'm feeling it. I, I know what you're saying because you bitch about that all the time, and I totally understand, man. I think I've been, I've been, uh, I've been in the bathroom probably three times already today. Not that people need to know this. But <laughs> it it just feels like a conveyor belt. I'm a human conveyor belt because I just keep taking it in. You know, my brother used to have a comment. He said, "Just, just take it in, take it in." <laughs> well, that's what I'm doing. I'm taking it. Nice. Got to go somewhere. It doesn't all stay in. Anyway. Harsh, harsh realities. Weight, people who have gained weight massively, they know what they know what we're talking about. That's right. All right. Well, this is it's almost a segue here because uh, our topic today is about breaking through plateaus, um, specifically strength. We can touch on muscle mass as well, but um, oh lord, I just <laughs> I just clicked over and saw Phil's picture. Let me minimize Woo! that. That's going to haunt me. Where are we at here? <laughs> I'm trying to find the right web window. Here we go. Jason Meat. He's from Melbourne, Australia. Thanks, Jason, for the comment about, um, you know, uh, suggestion for breaking plateaus as a topic. This is something I've been thinking about lately. And uh, I've actually talked about this a couple of years ago before we hit the record button here. Uh, I was talking uh, at the Arnold Classic, and we were discussing it. And uh, – the whole talk was on breaking through some plateaus. So what I'm going to do is I'm just going to lay down some things to think about, almost academic. Uh, and then, of course, we'll all chime in as far as what we do, uh, you know, when we're stuck 
when your weights just aren't going anywhere, your body weight's not going anywhere. Um, there yeah. are some rational things to do, and I think that's the key word is rational because it's very hard to control and direct what you don't measure, you know, or what you're not aware of. Because part of the fun, I think, of powerlifting or bodybuilding progressions is that, you know, you're juggling all these variables, these daily life types of things, stress and sleep and eating and training, <coughs> recuperation. You're doing all this stuff, and you're trying to make it all line up enough that you can progress. And as we know, that doesn't always happen. Like, I'm coming down with a sore throat right now, so I might actually put off lifting till tomorrow and see, see if I can't get rid of it. But you get the idea. There's always um, a... a uh, chink in the chain somehow. So here's a couple of things to be aware of. And again, awareness and monitoring is really key. So don't get frustrated. I know even in fat loss with bodybuilding, people like, I just don't know. I'm doing everything. It's like, take a step back and write down as much as you can. So measure and track what you can in your training log. Then you can adjust and correct, you know, any ones that are starting to falter. So here are some things to think about with plateaus. And again, this is from that Arnold Classic talk I gave a few years ago. But first of all, there are biological influencers, right? I mean, it, genetics are huge. You know, whether you're um, heavily built uh, or thin, you know, if you're very thin, you're like your somatotype, you're for ectomorph, thin and angular, you, you might need a little bit more recovery time than someone who's very robust, like a mesomorph, naturally muscly person, or a, even an endomorph who's a little bit more on the you know a, a rounder side of things. Mm-hmm. But there, so there's genetics for a somatotype, you know, our body shape. There's genetics for testosterone. I mean, testosterone concentrations vary widely from man to man. Some guys have three and four hundred. Some guys literally a thousand. So you're talking about like a threefold difference from guy to guy. And although variations within the normal range won't make you look like a bodybuilder on the cover of a magazine, I'm sure they affect things like your uh, robustness, your recovery from lifting and whatnot. Right, In yeah. fact, um, our supporting members, one of the things that I do if people become a, a significant donor or supporting member, I've been giving them a, actually a, a free lecture on how to boost their testosterone by about 100 or 200 points. Uh, on this thousand point scale. Anyway, are you, send, are you sending around porn links again? Uh, it's not a porn link. No, okay. it's it's legit discussion of boosting <laughs> testosterone. <laughs> uh, but anyway, or dietary responses are part of that too. It's some that's age related, like your glucose tolerance. You know, so like if you want to break through weight gain limits or strength, you know, um, not everybody can do you know the super high carb all the time. You know, as well as others. Um, like what Phil does, I call it blood sugar squat magic. You know, um, I, I'll, I'll actually eat like a, a quarter of a cake, you know, before I go to the gym now just as part of, you know, just to dirty it up a little bit. But the point right. is not everybody responds and you don't want to dump all that glucose into, um, you know, triglyceride storage in your love handles. Um, there's obviously genetic differences for like muscular insertions and leverage. There's personality differences, you know, like are you type A? Are you high strung? Um, you know, or, or are you type B and very relaxed? So you, first of all, think about all these genetic issues. Then you think about lifestyle things. And of course, these are things that you can control better. But there are some things you need to think about. Like, why might you not be progressing? Some things might be like life stressors. Sometimes 
emotional stressors in life, like lower your overtraining threshold a little bit. And oh, yeah. so it could be a new job or you move to a new house or you've got work and school deadlines like crazy or maybe you're arguing with your spouse, your girlfriend or social support's not there. Sometimes those emotional stressors outside of training, I mean, if you think about it, some people, at least during times of the year, we're very near our overtraining threshold probably anyway because we're applying lots of weight in a progressive way. Excuse me. But when you have these other kind of uh, negative stressors in your life, then, you know, it may actually be making you recover less or be a little more stale, burn out your nervous system. So look, look at your life and what's affecting you there. You know, like I said, external stressors, dietary habits. This may call for a log. Some people think they're eating well, and then when they write things down or I analyze their diet for them, they're like, oh, I didn't realize I was eating so little. You know, yeah, or, yeah. I thought I was eating a lot, and you're not. So write it down. Dietary habits are huge. I think physical activity outside of the gym, this is another thing just to monitor or be aware of. Uh, if you're running around, you find yourself, you know, maybe your job is um, – suddenly involving more physical labor in some way or, you know, you have to walk all over the place or I don't know what it is, but, you know, sometimes think about other physical activity outside of the gym. I know last episode Rob was saying, you know, don't, uh, what do you say? Don't run when you can walk. Don't walk when you can sit and don't right, sit yeah. when you can lie down. So I think physical activity outside of the gym could be part of it. Alcohol might be part of it. I, I've been part of alcohol studies, believe it or not. And you can actually look at markers of muscle trauma and, you know, poor recovery uh, after you drink. So, you know, drink, if you're drinking too frequently, that could be part of it. And You know, and also I just sleep. Yeah, I want to make, make a, just add a little bit onto that, you know, the whole idea of, you know, club, um, pub culture. And sometimes it's not even so much like you say. I mean, obviously, there's a whole, you know, the whole thing directly linked to, you know, uh, alcohol consumption too much or, or whatever. But it's also just the lifestyle that encompasses it. You know, going out, you're out too late, you're, you know, you're stressed out because, you know, I mean, you might be enjoying yourself, but if you're surrounded in some club or something with, you know, 600 people and it's stressful, the noise is going, you know, you're getting jostled around, you can't move. I mean, that's all, the, you know, then you get home 2, 3, 4 o'clock in the morning. I mean, all those things. I mean, so I, I think when I think of alcohol, I always think of just beyond the alcohol, just the whole culture of alcohol, you know, and how detrimental that whole thing can be. It's true, and I, it really crosses the line. I mentioned alcohol. I'm thinking more chemically, you know, what it does. It almost dissolves proteins, but, uh, and it, it does bleed into that sleep like you are saying too. And you're right. I think even beyond that, almost attitude-wise, if you're in party mode, or romance mode with a new girlfriend or this or that, sometimes you're not in warrior mode, you know, and it just it erodes the momentum, yep. you know. And so you got to be careful with that kind of stuff. So I guess that's what I'm saying. These are all things, either genetic or lifestyle, just to simply be aware of. Um, now, as far as strength specifically, there's lots of things you can think about. And, of course, Rob and Phil are going to chime in here. <clears throat> But there's, you can tweak the frequency versus the duration, you know, of what you're doing in the gym. Maybe you need to mix it up. I know, Rob, you, weeks ago, you were mentioning even like lifting in reverse order, even though it seems crazy, you know, do your movements, you know, opposite of the way you normally do. Or, yeah. you know, like for me lately, I've been doing this, the three power lifting movements so exclusively. I feel like I'm losing a little bit of, you know, flexibility or condition. So I'm going to mix in, you know, Every sixth week, just take a week of bodybuilding or something, you know. 
Um, but also make sure you're setting those small, realistic, incrementally progressive goals. If No matter what your goal is, if it's leanness or strength or size, you've really got to have realistic, incrementally progressive goals. Very, very small. So, you know, with bodybuilding, it's more willy-nilly. With powerlifting, I'm really appreciating most of the calculator is about what's on the bar, not what's on my plate, you know, uh, at dinner time. But the whole idea is small and incremental. Match your recovery to your training. I mean, let's face it. If you're not progressing, you might be losing the battle of the knife and fork. You might have too much total volume, you know, and you need to back up, take a week off, whatever it is. Uh, but again, use a training log. Write this stuff down. It could be the, your mood. You know, are you in a... A certain attitude lately, like we're saying with clubbing or romantic mood or whatever it is instead of warrior mood. Sleep satisfaction. How much does your sleep suck? You know, these are very <laughs> important things that you might be overlooking. And, yeah. and I'll say one more thing before I shut up is you have got to, if you don't write these things down, you will not be aware of them and you're going to get frustrated. So instead of frustrated, write all this stuff down. If everything is pristine, you're varying your workouts, you're sleeping, you're eating like a champ, this, that, and the other. It could be hormonal, you know. But the point being is write all this stuff down instead of getting frustrated, and you've got at least a chance to see what you might tweak and do better, you know. For me, it's usually if you eat more, like I know with muscle mass and weight gain, and this has got to spill over to strength. If you're not gaining weight, you need to eat more. I mean, there's a simple gas pedal here. Push on it. Harder. Well, I'm already eating a lot. I don't care. I'm not hungry. I don't care. It's time to eat, you know? Yeah. So um, at some point, you will tip the scale. No matter how frustrated you are, your body will not defy the laws of physics. And if you are dumping thousands of calories and, and, you know, protein, uh, grams of protein into the system, hundreds of grams of protein, thousands and thousands of calories, you will tip the scale and you will start moving upward. Um, you know what I mean? So that's one of the things that I think is a little more limitless in a way. Like sleep, you could only sleep 10 or 12 hours a night max. You know, not that you would even want to sleep more than that probably. But food, you could just keep eating more and more and try to tip that, you know, the, the, the physics scale uh, for you. Right. So, and, you know, I'll say one last thing because it just sprung to mind because a, a, a student was asking me this last week. He's been lifting with the same guys all the time, so he's a big fish in a small pond. Put yourself around bigger dudes. Oh, yeah. That's something that's really going to help, too. You've got to be around people better than you are. If you're strong, that's what you should be doing is seeking people better than you are, bigger than you are. And, you These know, are the kinds of things so, that you can yeah. kind of you know make yourself move forward. And some, sometimes that can be a, an issue if you are, you know um, – particularly advanced and so forth, um, you know, not to sound high on the hog, but, you know, using myself as an example, sometimes it can become ever-increasingly difficult to find people who are, you know, even your match, forget better than you. But the thing is, at least then, you know, use what I call the, you know, the, the virtual mo- motivation, you know, go onto YouTube around and, and, and watch the guys, learn the names of the guys who are, you know, um, kind of, you know, doing things within the parameters of what you're doing, you know, like if you lift as, you know, a single ply, drug free, look at the best names and that are lifting in that kind of range, you know, and, uh, you know, and do it just before you go to the gym, you know, because if, if you just, you know, if in the moments leading up to leaving for the gym, you're looking at some guy, you know, uh, you know, 
that, again, within the parameters of what you're doing is, you know, deadlifting 600 pounds, you know, your 405 deadlifts that day, you know, might, uh, you know, you might decondition yourself to kind of be like, or, you know, desensitize yourself to, 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 you know, well, four or five is not, not much. This guy was pulling six, you know, and just that kind of thing. But something I also want to say is don't be afraid to abbreviate, um, a training session. Um, and I, and I'm speaking from experience of what happened to me about three hours ago when I was in the gym doing my bench day. Um, of course, I'm getting ready for a meet, so I have my, you know, exact numbers and everything that I'm supposed to do. Well, everything wasn't feeling as, you know, as good as it's been the last couple of weeks for my bench. So, um, you know, instead of being a perfect day, what I call it, it was a workmanlike day, meaning I hit my numbers, but I abbreviated the session and just kept to just the bare bones of what I needed to, needed to do. Like, you know, it was, you know, as far, as far as a lot of the accessories and, uh, you know, ex- extra stuff, I kind of just, I just bailed on it, you know, yeah. and, um, I, and and don't be afraid to do that once in a while. I mean, as long again as you're being, you know, uh, honest with yourself, um, you know, uh, where you are and how you feel on that day. Don't be afraid to just, you know, if you're in the, the gym and you're looking at what you're supposed to do that day, if it's written down or something, don't be afraid to just be like, okay, you know what? It's not enough um, that I need to just go home and forget blow off the whole workout. Although that sometimes that's not a bad idea either, as we've talked about in the past. But rarely, uh, but yeah, yeah. right. But I mean, sometimes you're just like, you know what? Um, I still think I should be here, um, and I still think I could probably hit what I'm supposed to hit. But all this other, you know, just trim the fat, as it were. And of course, if you really are, a, you know, an experienced and an efficient trainer, you should. Always be looking to trim the fat, so nothing really should be, you know, in in literal terms, fat. But you know what I'm saying. If if if, if you're at that point where you you know you're supposed to be doing five or six total work sets, um, you know, just do your two or three that are most important, and then just bail on the rest. Right. They they keep you progressing on your little incremental kind of model. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So you know, you're, so again, you're not you're not uh, you're not not doing what you're supposed to, but you're you know doing only what you have to. So, well, yeah. what about you, Phil? Let's get you in on this. If you get no, scale, I, what are you doing? I think that's a good one that Rob said. A lot of people are doing too much. Um, <clears throat> I think a good one that's coming out more and more lately, people are talking about more, is, um, and it bleeds right back into confidence for me, back off. You know, if, you're, if, if you've been trying to go, like, especially if it's a load type of a plateau, um, you're, you're not progressing in strength anymore. You've just pushed it to the limit too much. I mean, we all know that as a beginner, sure, we can usually add like five pounds a week on the list, but that runs out pretty quick. Um, yeah. So just back off. You know, if, you, if you've been stuck trying to get a 405 bench for three or four weeks and you keep missing it, you know, you're not there and now your mind's not there. So back off. Go back to, you know, 335, 345. Kill that and slowly move back up. You know that's what? A per, that's um, an amazing thing that you just said, too, and I, I 100% agree. If you're, yes. you, how often do you see that? You know, and it, you know the weight trainer bodybuilder comes in there and he keeps every week after week he keeps going. You saw him last week, you know, you know, get, getting freaking welded to the bench with two twenty five for a couple. So he comes in and he keeps trying it, right? Then he yep. says to, well, you know, I, I don't know. It's it's like, yeah, if you keep missing it, you know what I mean, or the reps aren't getting. You know better, what, Rob? Uh, or, my old uh, advisor, Doctor Lemon, he used to say to students who are struggling with grades, you know, it's like a plateau. He'd say, your current strategy isn't working. So you should adopt a new strategy, you know, and that's like what you're saying. And I'll tell you, Phil, amen. I'm I'm glad to hear you guys both actually saying this is I actually set my progression model quite a ways below my ability. 
You yeah. know what I mean? So as I'm moving forward the first several weeks, I'm guaranteed progress. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because I'm working slightly below my ability, like maybe 20% below my ability is where I kind of you know started you know this whole thing. But the fun thing is I'm actually moving more weight, like what I would call medium heavy weights for me, for more total reps in a workout. You know yeah. what I mean? I'm still nowhere near my maximum, but because I, I backed up 20% and started and you know set the the, the start line there, uh, it, it, it like guarantees progress, and I feel like then you get a running start, and you can kind of blast through these goals. You know these. Yeah, but you know what? How often do you hear? You know, I mean, we we've talked about this so many times. How many? You know, when you talk about somebody, what you know, one person's one rep maxes and stuff. Even if a person's not a bodybuilder, you know, I mean, certainly, I think any weight trainer who's reasonably serious should have an idea of what the run rep max is because you know, and then on days, even if you're not following a set pure strength training routine, at least then on on days where you're a little unsure of where to go, at least you have kind of a framework of, you know, where you can figure out kind of where exactly or where kind of you want to be on that day but you get i mean how many times do people just way i think nine times nine times out of ten for sure you know everybody when you ask them what's your when you're one rep max that they always overshoot the damn thing big time you know and it's and again like even even in those contexts where you're not like doing a hard fast you know 65 percent 57 percent even in those contexts that's really going to screw you over, man. You know, because how many times do people see people even setting up routines where you know, what's your one rep max? Well, I can kind of kind of bounce, you know, four forty off my chest, so I'll set at four forty. I guarantee you, somewhere in that you know peaking periodization schedule, you're going to start flubbing up, and it's because you're over, like you say, Lon, you're overshooting. It's always better to undershoot. Always. Right. I'll tell you what, Rob. Kind of the way I've been doing this is, I'm trying to you to use Bill's term own. About 85% of my maximum, you know, my one rep max for reps. You know what I mean? So, like, if you know realistically, let's say you can bench 315, you know, so maybe you're just playing around with slowly increasing your number of reps with 275 each time you go in the gym or even 255 in the gym. You know what I mean? So you're, you're owning um, something in like an 80 to 90% range, so you can master it. You can actually play with it for multiple sets. And in my case, you know, when I get up to five sets of five with that weight, you know my one rep max is now well over 315. Yeah. You know what I mean? So that's what I'm playing around with increasing my work capacity in fairly high percentages, but really not approaching that one rep max. And again, yeah. I'm not as strong as you guys, so it's it's a little bit relative there. But you get the point. Even for you guys, it'd be playing around with still moderately heavy weights, mastering them, owning them, and yeah. you know that your max then your one rep max has got to be bigger because you're playing around with if a five sets of five just you know uh, just a little bit below it. So of course you blast it. <sighs> exactly, and your confidence is through the roof. So. Yep. You know, from from not missing. Just, yeah, and that's a big thing too. You know, the whole concept of just you know, is as often as possible not missing. Yeah. And I know that rut kind of runs, you know, in contract or you know, opposition to a lot of, you know, what is you know traditional strength, um, muscle building hypertrophy training. The whole idea, you know, you're doing forced reps or drop sets and all that kind of stuff. But even still, even still, I'm a big believer in in not 
crushing yourself. And one of the reasons I think that's kind of gone out of control with people thinking that way is because, you know, all the guys in the last three, four decades, you know, in bodybuilding that have achieved something. I mean, obviously, they're all using drugs, right? So, and I know we keep coming back to this, but it really has to be stated and stated frequently. You know, you could, at some point, when you're, you know, two, three, four grams of test a week and God knows what else, I mean, you're just, anything you do is going to stimulate something, you know, and, and you're going to be so, um, okay, you know, um, as compared to a natural guy as far as recuperating from some of this madness, you know, so you get these guys who, you know, who've been training with this shit for 10, 15, 20 years, and they're spouting off, well, you know, this is what I do, this is what I do, and, and even those guys have no clue about, you know, just how ridiculous what they're saying is going to be for somebody who's not in that in that position to have all that, um, you know, that advantage. Well, you so, know what else, Rob? I think when you talk about you know heavy androgen use, again, we're not we're not uh, judging here. You know, I mean, nope. I, some of the guys I admire most are heavy users. I oh mean, no, no, we're know, not ripping on as users. As far no. as you know, their athletic ability uh, or their muscle mass or what have you, condition. But the point being is that I just wanted to add. You're also, um, when those enter the picture, gains, you know, small incremental five and ten pounds on either side of the bar kinds of gains, they start feeling, uh, I would imagine, um, pointless kind of, because, you know, you go on and within two or three weeks of being, you know, on, you can easily, you know, your poundages are, are climbing through the roof, you're, you're, hy- you're hyper hydrated, you know, you're holding water, you're rounder, you're, um, you know, stromal tissues, not just contractile, but your supportive tissues are, are thickening and building. And you know what I mean? Your strength is skyrocketing. And if you go crazy and if you take advantage of that fully, you've left your progression model. And that's kind of what I'm all about now. And that's why yeah. for this next year, I'm going to try to continue with the powerlifting thing, a progression model, building capacity with fairly heavy weights to, dar- to darn heavy weights. Instead of, you know, taking advantage of, I mean, at my point, you know, right now, if I have a really good day, fine, I'll take advantage of it a little. But you know what I'm saying. With When you go on lots of stuff, man, you're going to have monstrous strength and size gains, uh, especially with the doses you're talking. And you're gonna, oh, it's yeah. going to happen very quickly. So that's going to lure you down the primrose path off of your progression model. You know, maybe maybe at some point you just reset your progression model, you know, and match it with uh, with what you're going to be using or something. But anyway, I just wanted yeah. to make that point too. That well, no, and, and like you know, and, and it can really um, ruin you for for the future. It, it, you know, the possibility of ever you know training without the stuff because, like you said, it, it can really skew your perception of what is progress. Like again, like I mean, you know, you're just throwing you know twenty five, fifty, seventy five, one hundred pounds on your major lifts. Precisely. And yes. you know, all of a sudden it's like, well, you know, what this this eight ten week, uh, you know, uh, you know, cycle periodization cycle I just went through only yielded me a five pound increase. This sucks. You know, <laughs> it's like no, right. it doesn't. I mean, at some point it's you know, if you're reasonably uh, advanced, no, that doesn't suck at all. But you know, but again, it can really throw <laughs> you off, and all of a sudden you're. You know, not seeing things for really how they are because you've been you've been uh, spoiled essentially. Well, you know what, and I I almost hate to use this term because I think there's a lot of professionals who would kind of freak out to hear this, but just like they talk about alcohol use versus abuse, I think something similar at least could be said for androgens and performance enhancing drugs. Is some people if they're using them for a, from a recovery intent, 
you know, and to build some mass and this and that. It, 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 that's a different sort of approach than people who boatload. And, you know, like we were talking about some of the, um, the pro bodybuilders that we've seen, they'll go from 175 pound dudes to rip to shreds at 255 in like six months. Yeah. You know, that's, that's different. Now this is not an adjunct to your training. This is, the essence of everything that you're about, because as soon as you pull that out from under these guys, like we were talking about, they wither, you know. Yes. Yeah, and magic. all that cockiness about how special and genetically privileged and you know, you know, they are, that just goes out the window when you're looking at a dude with sunken cheeks and he's 100 and you know, 80 pounds soaking wet. <laughs> right. I don't. And that know. happens more than people think. So. Yeah. So. You know, and anyway. I think the, the longer you are in it, the more that you see. Um, just it's it, again, it's that whole idea, you know, that oh, it's ten, it counts for ten or fifteen percent of you know your strength on top, or certainly the whole, um, you know, that the big quote that was used in the late '80s in bodybuilding and stuff, you know, oh, drugs are just the finishing touch, um, you know, don't believe it at all. You know um, what? There's a strong analogy here with what Wendler was talking about last week, where he was talking about the young kids with the, you know, the chicken wing clavicles sticking out, and or, a, or a shoulder blades or what have a scapula, or femurs or whatever, and they're already in triple ply bent shirts or something, or you know, or squat yeah. suits. They jump into it ridiculously soon, and instead of being an adjunct to their training, it's it's carrying all the load. It's, it's everything they're about, you know. So. Yeah. And further to that, interestingly enough, you know, I wanted to say something last week about, you know, further to that, the whole idea that, you know, I, I certainly have heard lots of stories of young guys who have actually injured themselves with the gear, not lifting, but that's actually the gear dislocating their shoulder and stuff like that. So, so yeah, at that level, things get a little silly. But anyway, I digress. Okay, I'll tell you what. Let's let's take a short break here, and when we come back, I want to bring up something that Phil mentioned because I think it's a topic in itself about uh, the rapidity or you know how the rapidness of how you progress and what you should even expect. I mean, some plateaus you live through as part of the process, you know, a little bit. Um, but you know, we're, I want to talk about beginner versus intermediate versus advanced and what you actually should expect in size and strength, you know, before you start claiming you're on a plateau. So we'll be right back. Hi, this is Dr. Lonnie Lowry, and on behalf of Phil and Rob, I'd just like to let listeners know that if you love us or you hate us, we'd like you to leave a comment or perhaps vote for us on iTunes. It helps us out quite a bit on the popularity side of things. Uh, you can also follow uh, Dr. Lowry, me, on Twitter. Uh, it's lawnman 7 on Twitter if you want to do that. We also have a Facebook page, the Iron Radio uh, listeners page. So uh, whether it's leaving a comment or voting for us or following us on Twitter or Facebook, uh, that would be fantastic. Also, uh, occasionally Rob or myself will write an article for another website and Phil will as well. So lots of ways to um, interact, uh, follow us in other media and vote for us and uh, keep things going strong on Iron Radio. Thanks. Like your weekly fix of Iron Radio? In addition to being a popular institute on iTunes, we are also on email. Simply go to www.ironradio.org and sign up for the voluntary email. You'll get a once-per-week email, no more, that's little more than the show notes and a link to the audio. 
So go for it. All righty. Welcome back, everybody. This is uh, Lonnie Lowry and Rob Fortress-Fortney and Phil, uh, (laughs) sexy (laughs) Phil Stevens. (laughs) You know what? There's a guy out there uh, with a last name apparently Fortney, and he's calling himself the Fortress. He's on YouTube. Um, And I tried to freaking give the guy a piece of my mind, and I was, you know, they disallowed comments on his videos, and he sent me a, or his friend rather, sent me a, uh, just <laughs> a message saying that he was going to get me banned if I continued on with this and stuff. And anyway, so anybody out there, there, there is a pretender in our midst. Don't. <laughs> I should have never I, sent you that video. Accept no substitutes. I'll tell you though, it is true. I mean, because when I I was looking around for your YouTube page, Rob, and I when I stumbled across Fort, Fortress Fortney, you know, does five hundred for a double or something. I'm like, well. Okay, you know, let's go see. I didn't know Rob put up a video, but let's go see. And I see this other guy doing this, and he, you know, he's doing half squats, and I don't know, not Iron Radio approved form. I'll tell you, thumbs so, down. So anyway, um, yeah. You know what? I think, in fact, Lonnie, uh, listeners, he said something about. He said, "Doesn't this guy know?" He said, "Squats are pass fail. There's no partial credit or something like that." Yeah. No half credit, you know, it's pass fail. I thought that was good. So, <laughs> all right, so back on track, what Phil had mentioned in the first half was something I wanted to bring up, and that's training status, right? I mean, so this may be similar with strength gains, and I'm going to have everybody weigh in, of course, but when it comes to at least muscle mass gains, obviously there's going to be diminishing returns, right? A beginner can put 10 or 20 pounds on a year, in muscle mass, and I mean muscle mass, not just gross body weight, even more than that in body weight. Intermediates, maybe they're down to just 5 or 10 pounds a year in their muscular gains, and advanced guys, they might be happy with just 1 to 3 pounds per year, you know, because maybe, let me state this differently, a beginner may only be 25% adapted toward his, you know, genetic ability, let's say. An intermediate might be 50 to 75% adapted toward his possibilities and then advanced lifter you know he might be 95 percent adapted toward what he's capable of so of course the, you know there's going to be diminishing returns so it's just something to consider when you start thinking oh i'm on a plateau well if you're intermediate to advanced i'm not sure you should be expecting monstrous 20 pound you know gains of muscle mass in short periods of time because you know again unless um supplemental androgens or growth hormone or all of the above enter the picture, you know, you're going, you should in fact be expecting a little less. And I, we've talked about this before, but that's almost part of the fun of it is that, you know, you're fighting, uh, to reach incrementally further into sort of, you know, superhero status here because you're really quite advanced already. So before you decide to start, you know, glasses half empty, oh, I'm stuck, I'm on a plateau, I'm not going to get any better. Well, you can't expect monstrous gains in muscle mass. And I'm guessing the same thing is is uh, true with strength, is it not? Well, sure, and that's why oh. I've said before in the past that, you know, like, uh, you know, Phil sometimes alludes to this, you know, strength gain is not linear. Um, and, and like I said, certainly when you're measuring your strength, you know, through what you can lift, which is the best way to do it, I suppose, if you're an athlete, um, you know, you're obviously going to have to 
correspondingly keep adding on more and more horsepower for less uh, for less and less um, pounds on the bar. Um, so, it, like you said, Lonnie, it, in a way, it's kind of cruel. You know what I mean? But I use the analogy as I have in the past about a car. You know, it takes a certain amount of horsepower. You know, whatever, 150 horsepower, 200 horsepower to get a car to go. You know, 200 miles an hour. And again, I'm, I'm just using numbers here. I don't know what I'm talking about, but you know. But then to get that car to go twice that speed requires another five or six hundred more horsepower. You know, so the corresponding horsepower to achieve, you know, the same or less. It gets greater and right. greater. It's curvilinear. So, yeah. Right. So, I mean, you know, that, that's why I always laugh when I hear guys say, oh, you know, by the time I was 25, and I'm sure Phil has heard this a million times too, you know, I, you know, I, by the time I was 25, I could bench 315, you know, so, and it took me, you know, two years to do that, you know, so in another two years, I'll be at 405. And, you know, I mean, right. You know, I'm not saying it's impossible. What I'm saying is, generally speaking, it's not that easy. Well, know, do you see because, where I'm, I'm cause what if I'm it was, trying to do? Go ahead. I was going to say, because if, if it was that, you know, if that was the case, then like I say, you know, every two years you're putting, adding a plate to your bench. I mean, if that was, if it was just in, you know, infinity like that, or, you know, at least for the next five or six years, think about it. You'd be broad pressing 900,000 pounds within 10, 12 years. I mean, and, and that, <laughs> that's, nobody does that within two or 300 pounds. And, Certainly not drug free. So, I mean, it, it's just, you know, and some people really have to kind of latch on to the reality of that and not, but the thing is, like you said, Lonnie, it's not to be, look at and be despondent about it. It's about to look at it and say, you know, well, that's just the way it is. You know, I'm just going to have to ever increase the engine and the horsepower and that to get, you know, to, to continue down this path towards betterment. And the further you get into, you know, um, you know, excellence in whatever it is that you do, the more you'll see that, you know, you're leaving, you know, greater amounts of people behind. And that, that's where just tenacity and punching the clock and, you know, and just doing your business, you know, week after week, you know, month after month, year after year plays in, you know. It's, right. It's, well, it's, I guess that's what I was going to say earlier was, the to, you know, relate this specifically to the plateau topic is then all this begs the question, what is a plateau? How do we define it? Because an advanced person, he might look like he's on a plateau all the time. But when you go look closely, if he's got that progression model, he's not going to just be going to the gym and benching 405, you know, week after week after month after year after year. He's going to be inching up. It might not look like much. He might look plateaued. So that's what I'm saying is, Let's define for ourselves what a plateau is before we start to get despondent and say, I'm just stuck. You know, because advanced guys are going to look a little bit more plateaued. Yeah, and I think that's where people get, they get faulted. They, they, they hit their first so-called plateaus where they don't progress the next week and they, oh my God, something's wrong. I got to change everything. Mm -hmm. And it's like, no, you don't, man. You, you better get used to it. I think one of the best, Dave talked at my seminar in DC. Oh God, it must be. Uh, almost a decade ago, and one of the best things Dave Tate, he pulled, he brought a five-pound plate with him. And the first thing he did in his talk was pull out that five-pound plate, held up in there, and said, what is this? And, you know, he got ten different eggs. That's all oh, this five-pound plate, that's a nickel, that's this. And he's like, no, that's, that's, that's weeks, that's months, that's years, you know, of training, just mm-hmm. to add five more pounds to the ball. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> that's a lot of blood, sweat, and tears. And it's, you know, if you're not ready for that, you're not ready to be in the game, and I think that's why it scares a lot of people away. They they get that initial gain, and then that's gone after the first year, two years, or whatnot, and they get they get upset and just bored and leave. 
and it's it's those of us that stick around, and it's it's putting that five pounds on after a year. Right. You know, and you know what? what sometimes, did, you know? sometimes that means changing your strategy, like I was <clears throat> saying earlier. Yeah. If you are truly stuck and you feel like, you know, six months ago it was 405, you know, 12 months ago it was 405, a year, two, three years yeah. ago, then maybe it's time, again, to change your strategy. Yeah. Maybe you, you, you do some bodybuilding for a while and you try to build a bigger engine. You know, not that powerlifting won't do that too, but let's face it. I mean, we're talking about two things here, and they're they're sort of reciprocal. One is engine size, right? And that's like the battle of the knife and fork, and putting on weight and basically forcing yourself to eat more and more and more. So there's engine size or muscular size, and then there's neuromuscular activation of that massive engine. So there's kind of two ways of of looking at this here. And maybe if you're really that stuck. Maybe you do some bodybuilding for a little while and yeah. just start, you know, powering back some food and get a bigger engine because maybe you are tapping out your nervous system. It's time for a different body, bigger body. <coughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and that, that, that really needs to be kind of like, you know, the point made very emphatically. You really have to realize that at some point you're just going to have to get a bigger, bigger machine, yeah. you know, and, um, you know, a vest uh, can only move so much and go so fast. Yep. You know, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Right. I mean, yeah. you know, I mean, obviously, you want to maximize your nervous system efficiency as best as you can. But like Lonnie is saying, I mean, you know, if if you do have an idea of what you're doing, um, and you're reasonably experienced, and you know, you know, the facets of your training that can be modified to, you know, accentuate the, you know, the betterment of either or, then yeah, you have to be aware of that, and you know, and and sometimes just just take the plunge and say, you know what, I've just outgrown 212 pounds body weight. You know what I mean? And just and and like Lonnie's always saying, you know, the next time to battle the knife and fork again. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, for the next six months, you know, buy weight gainers, eat tons of crap, you know, feel like feel like total shit. Excuse my language, and and you're, you eat yourself up to a new body weight, and then like I say, there's your machine. You know, and then work through that for a while and try and, you know, tap out that. So Eat like a bigger man and you'll become a bigger man. Yeah. yeah. Well, and then you get that problem of everybody wants to say, well, you know, this so-and-so pro didn't have to do that. Or, or look at this power lifter. He's totally lean and ripped and this and that. And it's They're always pointing to the exception. Everybody wants to point to the exception and not the rule. You're not them. You know, and that's what people don't get. You know, you're not in the NFL. I'm sorry. You're not one of those genetic freaks. And it, it's it's realizing that that you know just because they can be that way doesn't mean you can. You need to follow the rule, not the exception. But you know what also is worth saying is that um, it's not even necessarily that you can never achieve what they have. But everybody's everybody has their own route. I mean, yes. if you look at the best of the best, or even people who are just very successful in what they do, um, you know, I don't think any two p. It's like snowflakes, man. Here's our Christmas theme. It's like yeah. snowflakes. No two snowflakes are the same, right? The whole, yeah. it's like, just because two guys squat 800 pounds doesn't mean that, you know, that, that, that their road to 800 pounds was the same. Yes. You know, I mean, it, the time frame, exactly what they, you know, used and did and how they trained and how many weeks they trained and how, I mean, it's, everybody has their own roadmap to how they got to where they are. So, I mean, it's nice to look at guys, you know, where you would like to be and use them as for, you know, as kind of inspiration and so forth. But always understand that you're, you're a unique entity, and while certainly you want to glean from the best of the best, um, you know, all the tools that are in their trick bag, and, and certainly, you know, implement them at some point, experiment with them, and I'm sure most of them will have at least some benefit to you. Also realize that how you amalgamate all these things and how you 
how the all the little functions and tools relate to one another is always going to be very very unique to you. Um, and that's where experience comes in, you know. Like that's why I laugh when guys think that they're, you know, they're know-it-alls because they've been trained for three or four years. I just freaking laugh at that. I'm like, oh, I know they're or they're, they're writing blogs on the internet like they're experts or something. Yeah, and that's not putting them started. down, yeah. calling people stupid or anything. But like, I mean, we've all been there, you know what I mean? And you all, you know, you, oh wow, look at me, I've been trained for five years. You know, if, you know why, point. Rob? They don't understand how little they know. The more you learn, the more humble you become. Well, no, it's true because I mean, and I always use, yeah, I said. It's, it, in, in another way, I say to people all the time, you ever notice the people who know it all are the people you usually know the least? Mm-hmm. Right. I, mean, I, I, it, I heard a faculty person the other day, a fellow faculty person, said something about, oh, to be 20 and to know it all again, yeah. you know? Yeah, so. You yeah, know what? You I know, want to bring up something. Not to blow well, smoke Lonnie's ass, but, I mean, you know, like, Lonnie's probably the most educated and smart man I've ever known. And, like, he, he, for the people who don't know him personally, I can tell you right now that what you get on the show is how he is. Um I've always been very in admiration about the fact that he is so educated and so smart, but he doesn't come across like a know-it-all, and he certainly doesn't, you know, blow his horn. And, and I think that's testament to what you're saying, Lonnie, is the fact that the more you know, the more you realize you don't know, and it's very humbling. You know, it's like, okay, uh, you know, so it, it's, and I think that's important for people to realize. You know, it's like we, for everything that you discover, there's you realize you, you discover there's 50 more things that you don't know. Well, you know? what you're talking about there, Rob, is why I like powerlifting right now. Is I feel like a green face. I'm a total noob. You know what I mean? Because don't get me wrong, I'm familiar with some of the academic side, but the academic side is not going to tell me that. Holy crap! You know, I feel like this is a five second deadlift. It's just the lift is just going on and on and on, and my squats were never like that, you know, or, you know, so there's little nuances that you have to live through and, and experience what they feel like, and so, you know, there's always something new, because once you get to a certain advanced state in anything, I think you start to specialize, you know, and powerlifting is not my specialty, so it's fun to learn something uh, new, but let me re- let me relate this to the topic, because we're talking about a powerlifter at some point having to have a bigger engine, just plain out be a bigger dude. Um, I'm sort of doing the opposite. I feel like I reached a sort of um, maximal amount of muscle hypertrophy with my model of training. So that's why I'm going to take a year and um, and powerlift because maybe I need to be stronger and basically at the end of this year moving so much heavier weights, my body has no point but to adapt and grow. You yeah. know, so you can yeah. it's either it's either get strong to get big. Or get big in order to be stronger. You know, I mean, you can look at this from a bodybuilder perspective or a power perspective, but either way, I think you need to think like a scientist, write down all these different variables that you can tweak, frequency and duration and sleep and alcohol and all this stuff we've been talking about. But ultimately, you can come at it from either side, you know, and make some progress there. Yeah. No, No, I mean, you make total sense. I mean, that's what I'm working on right now. My... The biggest fault I've had, I mean, I've done some great things in, in, in my lifting, but the biggest thing I've had is never filling out my weight class. So the next four to six months is just, that's it. That's that's what I'm doing. I'm doing a lot more high rep, a lot more assistance work, less squat bench deadlift, and more of the other stuff. And that doesn't have to be assistance You know, I mean, oh, we're no. talking about, like, uh, you can do heavy cable rows, you can do bent rows, um all kinds of power bodybuilding stuff, but listeners, listen to the time frame because I think it's one of the most valuable things we can give you. Phil just said four to six months, I think you said. Yeah. You know, that's, or even 12 months. Yeah. You know, give yourself some time to actually 
do it, especially if you're intermediate to advance, right? Phil's not saying, oh, I'm going to give myself six weeks. Six weeks is shit, (laughs) you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, and and uh, it, yeah, I, you're very you're, you're right. I mean, it might six months might be up, and I might not be there yet. And it's going to be well. Let's add another three or four months. But you know, I know that's what it's going to take now. You know, well, I've look at there, how long it took me. You know, last year, and uh, Lonnie knows this well. Remember, I, I specifically went on a quest to finally get up to you know up to it a little bit more. You know, than two ninety, and I gave myself it was twelve or fourteen months. Mm-hmm. You know, of just like feeling like crap. But I mean, you know, it's it's just. Right. And I would say that you know I've been holding steady now for probably six or seven months, and just what we always talk about has come true again. You know, I'm starting to feel more just very, um, I'm more athletic at this weight again. You know, my body is adapting to it, and I'm you know I'm composing. I'm, yeah. yeah, I'm re I'm I'm you know reestablishing um, you know a lot of the. The, the, the athletic attributes that I might have had at 270, and again, it's it's that willingness, first of all, to have the time, the willingness to suffer the, you know, unpleasantries and discomfort, and see to then, um, you know, uh, really put yourself in a position in the gym where, like you're saying, Lonnie, you're you're forcing your body, you know, to to adapt to a a, a greater, you know, level of performance, and you're right. giving Except yourself that time. A new set point. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And it's it's just time, time, time. And sometimes I, I heard it once from a, I can't remember if he was a powerlifter or a bodybuilder, but I remember I can't remember who it was. But it was a pretty big name. This is years ago, and he said something like, you know, at some point you just run out of time, and it's that's the cruelty of life. You know what I mean? Like, because I mean, a lot of these people, you know, people who really do have a heart and passion, you know, to do these things, like the three of us, you know, I mean, if if all of us didn't hit old age until we were like 200 years old, I know that all three of us would be fighting like shit for the next 150 years. You know, it's just, unfortunately, though, and I, I, this is certainly not suggesting that anybody give up or anybody don't constantly push, but, you know, unfortunately, the, the laws of, t- you know, our, our age, our mortality is eventually you just run out of time. You know what I mean? But time is what you need. So you need to maximize what you have. So if you have 20 years, 30 years, 40 years, Whatever it is that you're going to, you know, at least, you know, be on an upward curve, you have to, as best as possible, be, be efficient with that time. You know what I mean? And, and re- well, that's and, why we're talking about periodizing, giving yourself right. periods where you're going for a bigger machine. Other times you're going for better neuromuscular function or switching back and forth, even bodybuilding to powerlifting a little bit. These are old school notions, but they're valid notions. You know, like you said, then when you say, listen, I've got, I've got a 40 year career here, you know, what's my long term, ultra long term, uh, you know, periodization here? What's my ultimate goal? And that's, and you know, and, and it's like the same. How many of us and certain, I'm sure great many of our listeners have heard this many times from people who don't quite have the, you know, the, the, uh, dedication that, you know, folks like us have, you know, it, the whole thing is, you hear all these guys saying, oh, you know, I trained like bad for six months and then I wasn't in the gym for three months and then I, you know, but then I was really hardcore and into it and eating perfect for a year and a half, but then I was out of the gym for three years. Then it's like, listen, yeah. at that point, most of these type of people, all they're ever doing is just reclaiming lost ground, yeah. you know, and, and you're never really going to get anywhere. Like well, that. that's, that's why, why I'm saying, right, think like a scientist, write down all these myriad variables that go into it, get on an incrementally and it, it, it might not be dramatic, incrementally progressive model. And, you know, then you hop on the train tracks here 
And 10 years from now, you, you're guaranteed to be a better man than you are now. Hey, you know, and things like illness and um, illness and injury and sometimes extenuating life circumstances, you know, life throws you curveballs, you know, that you can't have, you don't have anything that controls these things. So certainly don't, if the thing, the one thing you can control is outside of injury and illness and this type of thing, you can control your laziness. Okay, or your uh, all that kind of lethargy and all that kind of thing. If you're supposed to be in the gym, you know, go to the gym. Do what you're supposed to think because I'm telling you that, that that day will never come back. And like I say, no guilt if you're ill or sick or your wife's having a baby. <laughs> but outside of those things, if you're supposed to do a session, there really is no excuses because, like I said, yeah, sure, we all have you know years to do things, and, and but you really have to maximize. You know, if you're good and ready to go in the gym, then make sure that you're going in there and you're not just like, like we talk a lot about, you know, punching the clock and certainly that's, uh, you know, but at the same time, even when you're punching the clock, make sure you're doing something that day that's, that's working towards making some component or fast of your, of your, of your lifting better, you know? Even if you're doing the same thing that you did last week because, you know, for whatever reason you, you're just not feeling your, your cookies or whatever that day, then Hold just try. Hold your ground. Yeah. Then At just least you're it, holding your ground. Yeah, yeah, do it better. You know, do less. You know, just say, you know what? I'm just going to make it five percent. My technique five percent better. I'm going to take, you know, three extra minutes less of you know rest between sets. I'm going to whatever it is. Always try to be better in some. Even when you're just punching the clock, try to be. Look at certain. I mean, some sessions you might want to look at as just an animal session, right? You're just going to go and be. The Incredible Hulk, because you have to be, because you're lifting 85% today, and and other times you're like, okay, today's a punch the clock day. I'm not going to be training that intensely or that heavy, so today I'm going to be an artist. You know, I'm going to paint the picture perfect. You know, everything is going to be like a machine. Right. So then I mean, you're not doing the exact same thing all the time. It's like an overuse injury. You know, no wonder people go stale. They get in sort of a rut. Uh, they're, they're not aware of their habits, which is why we gotta, you know, write these things down. You know what I mean? And, and they're not periodizing and changing gears and all that sort of thing. So yeah. let me wrap this up because I, I know we're out of time. Is I think people who are frustrated with a plateau, it are, it's because of lack of awareness, right? You're frustrated because you don't know why. You feel stymied and you don't know why. So the best approach that I know, and it's not perfect because there's so many myriad variables that go into it. The best approach is to at least record and monitor as much as you can from all these different things that we've discussed. And hopefully something will peek its head up and say, hey, I'm at fault, right? Then at least you have some awareness and that will reduce the frustration. And certainly it, it has to be said over and over again. Do, Lonnie brought it up, I think, within the first five, ten minutes of this, of this episode. Do not underestimate psychological, emotional stressors in your life. I know, you know, we talk manly man, you know, we're not supposed to feel emotions. The bottom line is we're humans and we do. Um, you know, it's not about suppressing them, but it's about, like Lonnie, to use the word that Lonnie's used, is to be aware. You know what I mean? What is going on in your life? I mean, you know, is your, one of your parents sick? Are you sick? Dude, is Rob, you... that's what my wife does as a counselor. That's what I do as a nutritionist. That's sure. That's what Phil does as a coach. We make people aware. We do assessments, yes, you know, because to, to give us some knowledge about their, where they're at now, the baseline or what have you. 
But we just make people aware of something that they really weren't thinking about. Humans yeah. are creatures of habit. So you, you, the only way to break out of that is to, you know, again, I think it's like a scientist. I label every test tube, you know, and it's same thing with this. Label all these variables and you will come up with some way to break out of that plateau, even if it means changing gears for a while or setting yourself back 20% and starting a progression. Yeah. Well, I was just, I was just about to say, in, in further to what I was saying about emotional stress and psychological stress, you know, yeah. It, it's like, I mean, you know, people use the word biorhythms all the time. There's periods of time where you really, people need to just allow themselves to be good to themselves. You know, it's like that journey song, be good to yourself. There's times where, I hate to use this word, and certainly I don't use it with any sort of weakness in mind, but there's some times of the, you know, but you're more fragile than other times, you know, because of whatever, because of your sleep deprivation, because of whatever, a, a newborn kid or something. Um, whatever it is, allow yourself sometimes to be a little bit more gentle with yourself, you know, ride the times that, you know, when you're, when you're riding that wave on top, ride it, you know, when, when you're going down, don't give up, right. but again, modify, I mean, don't, and that, that's really the, the hallmark, I think of, a, of an elite athlete, wh- who, whatever he does, you know, whether it be a golf player or whatever, is the fact that, you know, you have to recognize where you are and, and treat yourself accordingly. All right. Well, let's wrap it up then. Uh, I think that's good. So again, if you're if you're frustrated, you feel plateaued. Remember, if you're advanced, you may not be on a plateau at all. Just a slow part of the curve. And write down what you can. Become aware. Awareness really helps you deal with uh, the frustration. All right, guys. Yeah, that was good. I, I just got to add one thing. If anybody'd like an autographed copy, just email me. I'll, I'll print one off. <laughs> oh man. So. <laughs> Oh Have my a good God. One, what does this picture say? Happy holiday from Strength Guild. Yeah. Oh my God. Well, I'll oh tell you. If, my God. If something is, if something is going to draw drive you into a funk, this picture will do it. Oh man, that's a, that's a pure, <laughs> that's pure plateau busting greatness. Is what that is. Well, I'm sure some of our female listeners. <laughs> is might that what that is? <laughs> some of our female listeners might appreciate it. <laughs> if, yeah, if you like sort of the hulking. Uh, naked dude in a, in a power belt and a Santa hat. <laughs> All right, I'll see you guys next time. Thanks a lot. Later. Bye. Iron Radio is accepting donations. If you like what we do, the professors, the scientists, the bodybuilding show promoters, the athletes themselves in powerlifting and bodybuilding, um, Please consider making a donation or maybe buying something from the ironradio.org store. Uh, We also are accepting supporting members. So for $4 a month, which is frankly less than the bank sneaks out of your account in fees, you can step up and support a form of sort of public radio for the bodybuilding and powerlifting and strength community. Hey, IronRadio.org listeners, this is Lonnie Lowry, and I'm just bringing you a sneak peek only for Iron Radio listeners at this point. If you Google CRC Press, Lowry, L-O-W-E-R-Y, and Protein, you can be some of the first people on the planet to see this book. It's specifically for strength athletes, everything on the safety of high-protein diets, the efficacy, the dosing, the types practical applications and case studies. This is a textbook. It's not what I would call an industry book. This is not pseudoscience. This is the state-of-the-art science 
And if someone wants to critique you on your extra protein intake, this will be something you can hold up and say, this is what the literature says about stressed kidneys or bone loss or gout or dehydration or increased muscle mass over time or leanness or what types are best. This is the ultimate source in one place. Little disclosure here. I do make a single digit percentage of royalties on this book. It's such a low amount, however. Obviously, I haven't done it for that purpose. I did it because, like you, I want to have something I can hold up in one place that's modern literature instead of what perhaps a health educator might tell you about the benefits and the potential concerns, if there are any, on ample protein diets specific to a population like ours. Thank you. The Iron Radio Podcast and all of the audio on ironradio.org is for informational purposes only. If you're interested in starting a diet or exercise program, it's important to check with your physician. Also seek the help of registered dietitians, athletic trainers, and qualified exercise physiologists in order to make the progress that you need.